Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com or you're subscribed, leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. Got a special guest here today. A lot of special guests lately, but they're always going to be brothers of mine. You know them, you love them. Logan, say hello. Hey, what's going on, Joey? Should we bro hug now? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's bro hug. Right. Yes, yes. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, too. Uh, right here. Sorry. Lately, when we have you on the show, it's always bittersweet because it's, of the theme at hand. And yes, it is that time again. It's typically the dead. We're, we're overdue uh, for another dead show, The Fallen of 2015. And stellar bunch today. Like, you know, usually sometimes it calls for people to bring completely out of obscurity and explain why we're paying tribute to them. But there's not going to be a whole lot of question marks on this one. There is... A, you, I mean, if you pay attention to the news this year, you know who's been going, and man, we've lost some bigs this year. It's definitely a solid list of dead. Yes, so why waste time? We're starting off with a gentleman uh, who was born in the Carolinas, and one of the all-time great soul singers, whether you're talking about from his original band, The Drifters, into his solo career, the late, great Ben E. King. Now, let me ask you this, because I know the answer to this question as far as I go, but Logan, obviously, uh, you know, his legacy, if you have to name one song, but he had a lot of big hits, per se. Like I said, not just with the Drifters, but as a solo artist, but the song, the iconic song, is definitely, without a question, Stand By Me. Let me ask you this, is his version... The first time you heard it, or did you hear someone else do it? Did you hear John Lennon do it first? Did you hear... So you it, heard the original it, first. Yeah, it, it was it was the original first. I mean, it, honestly, if the movie hadn't come out, I, I, I don't know that I would have had the outlet right at that point. Okay. Whenever I was growing up. Yeah, of course, attached to, to, hear it. Attached to the movie based on the Stephen King yeah. uh, short story called The Body, which so, later yeah. became Stand By Me, and yeah. a good title for commercial purposes. Right. Uh, based from the book Different Seasons, by the way, which is oh. a short, oh, yeah. That's a short right. story collection. That's right. That's what I get for working in a bookstore, right? <laughs> you have to be all snooty about it. But uh, my my personal first time I heard Stand By Me story is not Benny King. It's not John Lennon either, which that's a great version. But uh, is it Warrant? <laughs> warrant. I was just I was just no, grabbing. It's for not from the the Sunset toys? Strip era. No, no, okay. no, no. All no, right, no. Right, right. Although, yeah, the first time I heard Hang On, Saint Christopher was actually by the Bullet Boys. Uh, yeah, so, you know, see, yeah. see. Um, I, I have to admit That's that. That's a totally different episode. So the house I grew up in, uh, up in Baton Rouge, oh, Louisiana, okay. we were a, uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. Yep. It was a country western house. Okay. And cocaine country was riding high. <laughs> and of course, the soundtrack of the time was Urban Cowboy. Yeah. So I know the Mickey Gilly version as my oh, first wow. version that I heard of Stand By Me. That's That's... 
But I'm, and I'm not even sure if I remember that version. So, oh yeah, it's it's pleasant. Was I was gonna say was it any good? Yeah, it's pleasant. Steel guitars, of course, you know. Yeah. But it's 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 a two stepper slow dance. You okay. Know? Okay. Dun, 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 dun. A little extra drum fill. Yeah, a lot okay. of extra drum right. fills. You That's, know? It's it's a two-step ballad when Mickey does it. Good version. Good, I like it. Hey, good for him. Yeah. You know? Uh, founder of Gillies, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once again, back to Benny King. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the story I know about what he told as far as his session that he was doing, Benny King, he was one of his first solo sessions breaking out on his own, all this stuff. And he did a whole, you know, a couple of hours, basically a whole night, night's worth of stuff. Yeah. And it was, like a lot of those guys... Pretty typical, the, I would say. Yeah, the graveyard shift, because yeah. they're cheaper. Yeah. So Benny's story goes, uh, we finished the session, we had all the songs done that I brought in or that were picked to be on the session, and then they were basically like, we got five minutes. Do you got anything else? Oh. And they had this, they had this song, they hadn't really worked up, but they basically gave the band an idea where we're going. Hit record. It's that take. One take. One take. Wow. Five minutes left in the session, and that's the version you hear. That's super cool. I did not know that story. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Lieber and Stoller song, but it was ready right. and written to go, so it was just a matter of whenever he got around to singing it. So this was huh. on the B list, <laughs> the song. <laughs> like, it wasn't even part of the idea of what this album was going to be. Leftover spaghetti. Yeah. And someone huh. heard it and was like, I'll "Be damned!" Yeah, this is this is damn good. We should put it out, you know. And the rest is history. That's the hmm. song he's defined by. Um, you know, I, I looked him up. I found out a really other really fun fact uh, for me, at least when uh, when he died. I looked this up on on the, the wiki page, which is what a lot of people do, obviously. Yeah. But I love the fact that a few years ago, whenever uh, one of my all time heroes, the late great George Carlin, died. Benny King actually performed at George's tribute concert and performed huh. Stand By Me because uh, apparently George had gone on record at some point saying Benny King was his favorite singer of all time. Huh. So that's all I need. <laughs> so Good enough for you, man. Yeah, but we're not going to play no, Stand By Me. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you all know it. You love it. You, you, if you don't own it, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, Go to the mall. Yeah, <laughs> go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, go to the mall. <laughs> Boy, you really have been watching High Fidelity. I told you, man. You've been marathoning yeah, it all weekend, yeah. right? Uh, but one of my personal favorite Benny King songs, and, and this one's going to break your heart, but it's great, uh, a song called I Who Have Nothing. So here you go. Good tune. I, I who have nothing I, I who am no one, adore you and want you so. I'm just a no one with nothing to give you but love. I love He, he buys you down. Bright, sparkling diamonds But believe me, dear, when I say That he can give you the world But he'll never love you the way I love you 
take you any place he wants To fancy clubs and restaurants Where I can only watch you with My nose pressed up against the window pane I, I have nothing I, I who have no Must watch you go dancing by Wrapped in the arms of somebody else When darling is I Who love you All right, there you go. Kicking off uh, this latest edition of The Fallen of 2015. That was the great Benny King with I Who Have Nothing, a song from 1963. Benny left us uh, late April. Uh, he was 76 years old. Yeah, it's been a while. It's April. It has been a while. And uh, coronary issues are the cause of death. The hearts. The old ticker. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, that all being said, what do you think of that song there, Logan? That's a cool song. That's uh, Benny King. He's one of those artists that you just don't recognize how much you like his material, his his catalog until you actually listen to it. It's great vocalist. Yeah, great vocalist. There's a great Drifters box set out that Rhino put out. I recommend that for sure. And there's always like a good best of Benny King out yeah. there with all the singles yeah. on there because it's a, he's a singles guy. He he's a singles. Well, I mean, it was Arrow too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, so uh, good stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Moving on to a guy here that uh, not a household name like a, like a Benny King or somebody like that, but uh, who could that be? One of one of the sidemen of this particular episode, a guy named Craig Gruber. Hmm. And Craig was a uh, he was from America. You're digging deep. Yeah, he he's from America, but he's actually known for playing with European bands. Uh, he did stuff with like Gary Moore, and he played. Uh, he was the first ever bassist for Rainbow. Played on the first Richie Blackmore's Rainbow album, which is a great album. Now you're really digging deep. Well, yeah, but hey, man, that that's a great record. So anybody who plays on that record definitely deserves a tribute because that was that was a early metal right there for sure. What so, else did he do? Well, because of his association with Ronnie James Dio, is probably right. why he got the Rainbow gig in the first place. Because it's not like they're looking at you know Yanks to start this Richie Blackmore project, right? Yeah, but he had played previously on every release from Elf. Oh my! Ronnie James Dio's original band. Well, actually, not as not even his original band, but no. like the band he was in <laughs> before he was in Rainbow. Because right. I mean, you know, Ronnie was doing like Benny King stuff back yeah. in the day, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and doo wop, <laughs> so which is awesome. That's another reason why Ronnie James Dio was the man. But uh, yeah, Craig played on every single Elf album. So I was thinking, you know, early maybe play something off the first Rainbow. But let's do some damn Elf, okay? That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So here what do you have? I have Carolina County Ball lined up. Good enough. So here you go. Here's uh, our tribute to Craig Gruber on bass. This is Elf.
for Craig Gruber, who was the bass player for Elf. That was Carolina County Ball, the first song on their first album. 1973? Four. 1974. Alright, thank you, Logan. That's why, you're, that's why you're here. So <laughs> That's it. And, and the pleasure of your company, of course. Well, and it's because of death. So. Yeah, it's because of death. Yeah. Uh, yes, cancer sucks. Let's just cancer say that sucks. about Craig. So, yeah, stinks. Uh, but he was still... He had many years under Dio because apparently he was 22 years old, roughly, when he recorded that first Elf album. All those Elf albums. Yeah, and Ronnie was already 30. Well, no, he wasn't 22 for the, all of the Elf albums. Well, but yeah, but... That's, you know... Did all the Elf albums... By the time he was 25, probably, Did the Rainbow Record. Yeah. And then the fun fact where whenever Rainbow split up, he got together with the drummer... Yeah. Driscoll? Yeah, Driscoll. And, and they formed a band called Bible Black. Yes. Later on, fast forward to 2000 and... About nine or Nine so, or say. eight. Eight or nine. And there is a song from Heaven and Hell, which has Ronnie James Dio, and it's called The Bible Black. Yeah, that's on the Devil You Know album. So, the Devil You Know album. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, he played on a Gary Moore record in 1984 as well, and he played with the Rods, who has a very deep connection to Ronnie James Dio. So a lot of, 
man, I'm, I'm sure he's like, thank goodness for Ronnie James Dio, as we all say. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm wondering who else, did B.B. King or Benny King ever play with? Ronnie James Dino? I don't I think so, but you never know. They I mean, could have backup we, sang for we, him one We could night. almost find a theme here at some point. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys that started off in the 60s and 70s, and a lot of them, they get their local garage bands together, and they'd wind up getting a call by like the club owner or promoter Yeah, where they had been playing covers on the weekend. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, like let's just say Chuck Berry's coming to town and he right. needs a band. <laughs> And they'd have to work up all, you know, the great 28, you know. And, Nothing uh, wrong with that. So th- th- you never know, man. If he was working in New York uh, at that point, yeah. he might have done backups for some icon some night. You, know, you never so, know. Yeah. That's the thing. All right. Moving on here. Uh, moving on. Do something. We're staying in the same era, almost exactly, but doing something completely different. Yes. Other side of the dial. Yeah. The si- other side of the dial. Down the dial. Down the dial. Say. And uh, a guy named Errol Brown, who... Who is Errol Brown? Errol Brown was a actually a Jamaican uh, gentleman. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. And <laughs> he was uh, the predominant singer, lead singer, and songwriter for Hot Chocolate. Mm. And everybody, of course, knows the big Hot Chocolate song, You Sexy, you thing. sexy thing. But if you if stuck around down the dial after that, uh, another big hit of theirs, probably easily their second biggest hit, is what I'm going to play for you here. So here you go. We're going to play some hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. And this is Emma. Hot chocolate. Star this world has ever seen. 
December night when I opened up the bedroom door to find her lying still and cold upon the bed, a love letter lying on the bedroom floor. It read, Darling, I love you, but I just can't keep on living on dreams no more. Tried so very hard not to leave you alone. I just can't keep on trying no more. There you go. For Errol Brown, that was Emma by Hot Chocolate from 1974, just like the Elf track was. Just like 1974. Yeah. Good year. Good year. Good year. And uh, I guess we should all be so lucky. He died in the Bahamas, which is... Uh, <laughs> wow. Why not, right? Yeah, why uh, not? But yeah. But he had to deal with the uh, the liver cancer, unfortunately. Well, so. Did they find him on the beach with a bottle? I don't know. Probably. That's, why not, right? Yeah, I was going to say why not, really, but and man, that's still a bummer. Yeah, and I'm sure God God knows how much royalty checks uh, that he would receive from various places just for you sexy thing. I mean, yeah. dude, if you wrote you sexy thing, I mean, you don't even have to work the rest of your life. God, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. yeah. It it, so. it it it's the equivalent of one hit wonder without actually being a one hit wonder. It, exactly, like that song was in everything from Boogie Nights to Burger King. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that wow. sounds like a David Lee Rothism, but it's totally true. <laughs> So. David Lee Rothism. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what show I was on. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're so, on the okay. Roth show yeah, here. Yeah. You know. Hey, Sorry. by the way, did you know you know why FM got started? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, that's a good one though. <laughs> uh, Roth show, go listen to it. You can listen to it or watch it. That's the great thing about the Roth show. Yeah, duly noted. Yeah, so we're moving on here. We are apparently all about that bass on this particular episode i'm not even kidding i believe Ugh. there's three bass players on this episode man hold on come I, on i got i gotta that come was on. a okay let me, let me do all right all right all right okay. go ahead go ahead nothing, all about the bass nothing against it um we are all about that bass yeah and chris uh sorry excuse me logan here oh uh, is is a bass man in his own right? You yeah. know, I mean that. Well, that was your that was your guitar of choice. Was the you were a bass player? You, uh, I might be outing you here, but I know that you, uh, in fact, uh, own a Steinberger. No, do you not have that guitar anymore? Well, it, it's a knockoff. Well, still, come on, come on. It looks it 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 looks like one. I guess if it. Okay, you have like an imitation a, okay, Steinberger. Yes, it's an yeah. And if, yeah. for those of you that grew up in the '80s that watched any video in the '80s, you've seen a Steinberger. If you saw the Rush video for, let's see, what was it? Time stands still. No, 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 no. It's big, big money. Okay, big money. I got a good and, and the double neck Steinberger. Yeah, is this love by White Snake? Rudy Sarzo is playing yeah. a double neck yeah. Steinberger. I did, so. Yeah, I don't have that. One. A lot of people call it the Devo bass. That's it looked very thing. Devo. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was but, new wave, but still. And, and move on. Yeah, but um, a bass guy that Logan uh, not only grew up listening to, but still to this day, and I definitely am listening to him still to this day. Yeah, Rutger Gunnarsson. 
Uh, that's a very Swedish name because of the two S's. Uh, and he wasn't Anderson. in Dumu Borgir. No, he no, was not. No, he was not. He was the bass player that played on like every record and I think even did the tours. He was the bass player for... ABBA. That's a big one for you, right? Yeah, there. it's a huge one for me. No, no guilty, no guilty pleasure. No there. guilty pleasure. Yeah, I will have no problem putting that skin on my wall. Yeah, with the big A, backward B, forward B, A. Yeah, and Logan pulled me into ABBA. Like I didn't just get into ABBA. Logan pulled me into ABBA, but I, I thank him for it to this day. Uh, just drop the guard completely. Put on some ABBA. Just and, do it. And this is one of those songs that I heard buying a double disc best of and i'm like how come i've never heard this song before (laughs) yeah wait what (laughs) wait what (laughs) like this one came on in the car and i was already probably cranking knowing me knowing you on 10 and then this yeah and this freaking song shows up i'm like whoa whoa wait a second here because i just dare you i dare you not to tap your freaking toes to this or this is a fist bumper is what this is yeah it's (laughs) it it's it's all of it 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 just it makes you move. Yeah. It makes you move in some sort of way. Yeah, this is a good one for Rucker because it's got a great bass line to it. It's very dance, but dude, like I said, it, it kind of rocks though. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's got a yeah. It's got this. It's got teeth to it for some reason. A, a a groove that definitely has you right right there on the edge. I mean, it 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 can really go either way. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just a mindless disco song too because no. this really. This is a really good example, actually, and I feel bad. I feel like pushing Rugger Man. aside here, but, <laughs> but this really shows off the genius of of, of the guys of, of Benny, Benny and Bjorn. Because just when you think you have this song figured out, the bridge is something else entirely. Yeah, it just puts you on a ding, 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 ding. It puts you on the staccato thing. That's just like whoa, whoa. That's just genius arrangement. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they were better songwriters and here we go I, I i think i'm being led down the pathway but yeah. they were better better songwriters than lennon mccartney Ooh. or the uh, or, or the glimmer twins that's definitely a bold statement but so i'm not gonna sit here and argue matter um, of fact i guess the abba podcast featuring us is starting up soon but uh, yeah, it's it, uh, well before that all happens <laughs> you have to hear this song so I'll put you on the spot. What album is this on, Logan? Who, uh, I, is it on Voulez-vous? Ooh, I don't know. But we'll find out while we're listening to this song. So here you go. Here's some ABBA. This is for Rucker Gunnarsson. This is Summer Night City.
Alright, there you go, from 1978. That was Summer Night City. If, if that's the first time you've heard this song, please write me, comment, let me know what you think of that. Please. And, once again, as ridiculous as ABBA is, they cut that song off of Voulez Vu. So you were, like, half right. I was, yeah. I, it was I, on I, the session. I, I was thinking it was it, definitely in the same era of Voulez Vu. It's got that vibe to it, yeah. Yeah, there was just something thematically that was right about that song being in that era. Yeah. I, so they put it you as have, a... You have to look more into ABBA about... Not that I'm a professional ABBA. You're not their biographer. No, I'm not, but... <laughs> but yeah, that song was put on Greatest Hits Volume 2. That was its first appearance. So it was basically a, a single only... But that's where it showed up. And the fact that they cut that off really was ridiculous. Probably my first ABBA record, actually, oh, I think. Nice. Yeah. So I have that okay. somewhere nice. on LP. So there's that. So go check out some ABBA if you don't. There's a, I need to plunk down on this at some point. There's a complete albums remastered box set, like complete oh, yeah. studio albums. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's usually pretty affordable. Like, yeah. It's under 100. So yeah. I have to get that at some point. So Good stuff. All in. Love ABBA. All right. Moving on here. Big one. Uh, arguably the biggest name on this list. Mm. I'm sure you already know, just me saying that. Uh, it's weird that he died around the same time that our first entrant died because of such a similar name. Talking about B.B. King. B.B. King. Legendary. Legend, legend icon. You, there's all these adjectives that describe him, and you would be absolutely right. Um, you know, And then it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. And that's and that's that's the the thing about losing a, an an artist, a American icon, somebody that that lived every single part of what you like about American music yeah. is embodied within him and his catalog and everything about him because yeah. he was just a nice he was a nice guy yeah. and he and was a lifer so talented yeah so completely talented and the lifer yeah i mean literally had to be pulled off of the road never yeah. left the road I yeah mean, he was married to the sea yeah and absolutely always doing it always gigging and like literally because of his health is the only reason he stopped playing shows and even then he was like i i'm gonna go out and play shows i gotta go play I somewhere I I, be- I firmly believe that not being able to play shows is what did him in it's probably yeah you yeah, know? and I haven't really heard much in the way there was a massive controversy days after he died, where it was like this apparently battle between the daughter yeah. and the manager. I never even I haven't even heard I, what's come of that. Since I, then. I think it cleared up because I mean there was even there was even talk that he was poisoned. I mean, of yeah. course that's that's crazy ass rumor stuff. Well, sure, but, sure. That's but that's, that's I, I, I think all stuff right there. All of that had had been cleared up. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was way more interested in that than any of the other celebrity death that has happened in, in that time span. Yeah. It's always weird, like some of those icons, when they die, like the drama ensues long after. James Brown the was James like... James Brown, was you, couldn't probably bury, you couldn't bury this freaking that guy. That was the craziest one, I think, by far. But yeah. this this was this could have been... This could have been... A mess. Just as 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 bad. Yeah, and but, I believe he died in Las Vegas, which yeah. I believe he was living out Yeah, there. he was living there from what I understood. And uh, But yeah, just I mean, this is a guy that did so much amazing stuff, even just early on in his career, that he, and you know, it's one, you don't really even have to keep putting out new records no. after, a, after a point, but he, he was still doing that pretty 
well into it and a guy who could just guest on records yeah like here you go i'm, gonna, I'm playing on this thing i'm playing on this thing and you know if you could get them why not I yeah mean, that was the other thing like so many guest appearances i can't even know you have time to count them there's I mean, not no just, way. it's not just the u2 thing he even played one of my favorites actually which i recommend people go check out right is cindy lawford in a blues album a couple of years ago and it's really good actually. i think i recall that and he plays on the cover of lewis jordan's early in the morning and he duets with her on that. And they got Alan Toussaint playing piano. Ooh. So you got B.B. King, Alan Toussaint, and Cindy Lauper just throwing down this Louis Jordan song, which is amazing. That's pretty sweet. So go check that out. But until then, huh. going to play you some B.B. right here. Of course, B.B. on his own, singing and playing ridiculous lead. And uh, Incredibly hard to pick up one song to encapsulate anything that he is. Very hard. His catalog is vast. It's It's arguing about... You know, is is his version of a, a blue standard better than a, a a muddy waters version or a Howlin' Wolf version? Sure, it's it's impossible. Yeah. It is impossible. Yeah. So I had Logan pick this one because, like I said, there's so many. I almost pick, I was getting, thinking of playing Lucille, but Lucille's freaking eleven minutes long. Yeah, and we already got a, <laughs> we already got one epic on this show, so right? we'll save that for the end. <laughs> Uh, but here's an early one by him. This one's called uh, Picked by Logan. This one's called How Blue Can You Get?
All right, there you go. How blue can you get from the 1964 album? Blues in my heart. Yes, yes. and Because uh, blue is how I feel on the inside. Yeah. And once again, just proving how much of a badass B.B. King was. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> lifelong diabetic. but Oh. But it took the diabetes on top of the heart failure. Diabetes. On, on top of the Alzheimer's. That oh set in, God. and that's how he died. Like, it wasn't just the one Are thing. Are sure he wasn't shot no. at some point? No one would have noticed. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, he's got the diabetes. Yeah. He had that most of his oh, life. Oh, no, he's no, no, no. Thing. He's got, like, uh, an aneurysm. I don't know. Man, that's that's heavy and dark. Yeah, but I always dug the fact that if you if you don't know the origin of Lucille, you know his his number one guitar, his hollow body, numero uno, yeah, um, his his girl, yeah, uh, you you know how Lucille really came to be, right? Is the fact that uh, I th- it was early on in his career, and there was a fire in the club. Yeah, I'm gonna say no then. Yeah, and like Go he ahead. he went in and saved the guitar from a fire, and literally like just got right out before the roof collapsed. Mm. And uh, so, kind of a good luck charm, because you know you're you're a blues man. I mean, especially in that era, you know, not making a whole lot of money, like you need your axe. You yeah. Know? So oh, yeah. He uh, saved it and and barely got out with his life. I was gonna so. say he got his twenty dollars for the night and. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a grand opening, grand closing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Okay, so we talked earlier about bass players, and we've got another one lined Lots up Lots of bass players. Uh, and I always say, Louis, Louis, I always go back and forth. I don't really ever commit to that, but... Um, I forgot I'm, who this was. I'm going to call him Louis Johnson. Louis Johnson. Of the oh, Brothers Johnson. Brothers Johnson. Now, uh, for those of you... Uh, actually, we played Brothers Johnson back on the 80 from 80, if you recall, and I'm a big Brothers Johnson fan. You really should go deep on those guys, because... If you're a fan of funk and soul, especially that great 70s funk soul with a little bit of jazz, um, Brothers Johnson, you can almost do no better than those guys. And, uh, you know, Lewis on his own, hey, no slouch. I mean, uh, yeah, the guy only played on Thriller, like the album. No Not big, valid. No, no big deal. Not valid. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can you really say? I mean, yeah. come on. Um, yeah. Being with Brothers, Brothers Johnson is good enough. Yeah. When you want to top it off with something like that, and I gotta mm. say, I gotta say this, man, and it's one of those things where I really dig this. I really dig this guy, so I'm not peeing on this other guy. But Uh-oh. if it wasn't for like Bootsy, and oh. I love Bootsy, yeah, Bootsy's the show, and Bootsy is is the face of of funk bass, yeah. But if Bootsy had never happened, Lewis Johnson would have been the guy because. Wow. I, I, he definitely has it in the virtuoso factor. Right. Like, I'm going to play this track. No and doubt. His bass solo is going to tear your head off. Uh, but, man, like, he he was greatness. You know, just want to say, I, I dig the whole show and everything, so that's why I really love Bootsy. But Lewis Johnson probably took a backseat to him a lot in the aspect of, of fame. Because he was a little bit more low-key, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, he was... Kind of more just a session guy he didn't, wore, he didn't wear the Elton John sunglasses and the yeah, platform shoes. It well, was, he may, may have done platform shoes. Let's be real. He but, was like, which this would stick out now. Right. But big afro, one-piece suit. You know, right, those kind of right, things. Like, yeah. But that was totally the norm. Then, yeah. So he didn't stick out. You know, Studio so. 54, man. Yeah, that's all. And you probably heard, obviously, their iconic cover of Sugar Yotis's Strawberry Letter 23. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even going to play that. Oh. Uh, like I said, we got to show him off. So we're going to play Thunder Thumbs and Lightning Licks. Oh. 
got. There you go. That was some Brothers Johnson there for you for the late, great Lewis Johnson. Killing it on the bass, as always. Go pick up some stuff out of their catalog. The connection, by the way, is why he got the, the Thriller gig, probably, is the fact that Quincy Jones basically uh, discovered Brothers Johnson, or at least got him signed or something to that effect, because they did do a tribute song for him for that reason called Q. There you go. There you uh, go. But yeah, go look up Lewis Johnson's page on Wikipedia, Logan, since you might be seeing this for the first time. Look at this. Just look at this. Hold on. Read every name. For, it's like an icing chart. Read from a distance just the amount of association this guy has, who he's played with even just on one record. I'm looking at Lewis Jordan. Oh, okay. Oh, my read, God. Read, just read some of the random names that your eyes hit. Check it out. Uh, uh, let's see. My eyes are a little bit bad. Billy Billy Preston, Bjork, Aretha Franklin, Andre Crouch. Yeah, Herb, uh, Herb Albert. Herb Albert. <laughs> George Duke. Herb. Yeah. Well, wait. You said Herb Albert already. Phil Collins. Jackson's, John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. Uh, Peggy Lee. Yeah. Phil Col- Peggy Lee. Yeah, Peggy Lee, Leslie Gore, The Temptations. Wow. wow. So, yeah, that's all. I just. Uh, Rufus. Yeah, Rufus and Shaka Khan. Yeah, Sister Sledge, Stanley Clark. Yeah. Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Nicks. <laughs> Vanity Six. There you go. There's your Prince connection. Right. I was waiting for that to happen. Man. Extensive. But, yeah, uh, Lewis Johnson. I just wanted to really spotlight him here because I think he's one of the greatest bass players of all time, so I'm glad we got to do that here on this edition of The Fallen. Moving on to something entirely, entirely different, which is pretty much what goes on (laughs) on The Fallen. Here's a guy. This is a turn. I I definitely put this guy in icon status because, you know, I'll I'll pull it up here after we play the song, but uh, somebody pointed out the fact that people have this uh, ironic fascination with Chuck Norris. But you want to talk about a guy that really did it all. It was this freaking guy. The late, great Christopher Lee. Even even the connection to the fact that Chris of CNJ Radio was named after Christopher Lee what by his really? parents directly. Because huh. his full name is Christopher Lee Cat. Huh. Uh, yeah, his dad, family, massive fans of the Hammer Horror films. So Christopher Lee's Dracula is like their Dracula. Hope you're doing good, Chris, by the way. Yeah, what's up, Chris? Chris is living large in Japan right now. So, but yeah, and I know he was definitely, this one definitely hit him hard and his whole family. And I I felt as much for them as I did for the actual death itself, just because I know how close it, uh, you know, how close it is. It hits home. But Christopher Lee was, like I said, an icon and a true Renaissance man. If somebody did it all, he did it all. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I am, I am putting him over and putting down, you know, like your Chuck Norris at the same time. <clears throat> Not that Chuck Norris couldn't kick my ass, but here's one of those things that pops up in the death of Christopher Lee that really truly cements his legacy, in my opinion. There's a scene, and a lot of people know about this because it's been out now since he's died. But there was a scene during the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which of course Christopher Lee plays Saruman. Yeah. Uh, apparently one day, and this is corroborated by witnesses on the set, Peter Jackson goes up to Christopher Lee and says, okay, in this scene, I want you to make it like uh, you're going to get stabbed in this scene, so I want you to really make it seem like you're being stabbed for real. We're going for realism here or something like that. Right. And he goes, I don't have to act this. I've been stabbed before. <laughs> like, 
This guy was a freaking World War II paratrooper. I was going to say, he, he was in he was in the wars. So yeah, yeah, so like... The Great War. The, the Great War, the one we really won. War, well, the last war, war we really won, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one that everybody loves. The one that... The one that gets the best ratings on the History the, Channel. The one that Steven Spielberg likes to make a movie of. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's his just acting resume... And then, of course, extensive. What, what do you do for an encore in the twilight of your career? Let's see. I've done Lord of the Rings. I've done Star Wars. Right. Um, I've been Dracula. Oh, I've been how, the Mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about how about we do a few metal albums? Why not? <laughs> because you know what? I'm metal. Yeah. <laughs> and he is. He's he's one of the most defining actors of being metal. Yeah. And heavy, and persevering. And against the grain, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's career just is not not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. His 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 roles and his personality fed into that that sort of glorification, or it fit that niche. Yeah, and for a guy that I believe has been knighted too. Yeah, like he's Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah. And he's and, been in, he's been in so many di- different types of films. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, hundred yeah. probably a hundred plus, easy. Yeah, I, I was just looking at around a, a, a hundred plus yeah. that he's been in. Yeah. So you know, you're reaching ninety, and you're like, I think I want to do what some else heavy are, metal records. What's we gonna do? Yeah. So I, I, it's hard to pick from his catalog, and you know, not that it's the best metal of all time, but just on principle, it's pretty awesome. It's not Pat Boone. Yeah. yeah. Pat Boone's the worst ever. But, like, the albums that he put out, they're basically just concept albums. So you really can't, like, pick a song out of it that doesn't break up the whole thought. Right. So go check those out. But I found a random cover song that's in a metal vein off of an album called Metal Night. And so what do you sing when you're about to go out? Metal Night. You sing My Way, don't you? Yeah, So I guess so. So here's My Way. Yeah. 
right, there you go. There's one you're not going to hear every day on every podcast. That was <laughs> Christopher Lee with a metal version of My Way, written by Paul Anka, by the way. The the great Paul Anka. And uh, I'm a fan. Wow. So, good stuff there. Like I said, it's on the album Metal Knight, so go look that up. Of course, Metal K-N-I-G-H-T, because he is a freaking knight. knight. Sir Christopher Lee. Sir Christopher Lee. To you. All right, moving on here. You know, it's nice every now and then, like a Christopher Lee, right. and I'm, I'm sad he's dead, but damn if he didn't live a full life. So we have two in a row of guys who lived full lives. Christopher Lee made it to 93, and then this guy made it to 96. A guy named Roy C. Bennett, who is definitely predominantly known as a songwriter. He was with a guy named Sid Tepper. These guys wrote many songs for many artists that you know like all the way uh you got your elvis and your beatles and your uh les paul and mary fords of the world you you know rosemary clooney dean martin dean martin but uh you know what's great his best-selling single ever was recorded by uh the elvis of britain mr cliff richard (laughs) and i love this because it's uh later a, you know, albeit a cover version, but this song later became the theme to my top ten television shows of all time. Just tied that one right in neatly, didn't you? Yes. So <laughs> here is Cliff Richard and the Young Ones. Oh, I need you, you need me Oh, my 
keeps together And the young hearts shouldn't be afraid And someday while the years have flown Darling, then we'll teach the young ones of our own All right, there you go. Now that was a true golden oldie right there. Cliff Richard and the Shadows with The Young Ones. And there, That was for Roy C. Bennett. Like, it's lived to be 96, so good on you. It's nice to have two <laughs> two people. That good on you for making it to 96, I mean, lad. It, it's just nice to, like, <laughs> doing these shows, it's like cancer, cancer, cancer. Can't we just have some people die of old 57, age? 63. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People, come on. Live. <laughs> You're good. You're good at what you do. But then that brings us to... That brings us to another writer. Oh. A guy named Ernie Marks, Markska. Oh. That's a hard That's a hard one to say. I, See, moved, I moved everything up a, a, a notch. That's so. all right. So, yeah, a... a Kind of like a Roy C. Bennett, not a, not a household name, but I really only have to give you one artist and and two examples of why this guy is on the fallen. No, I know that. I'm, yeah, keep going. He, he wrote two songs for the same guy, and they were his two biggest hits. He wrote two songs for a gentleman named Dion. He wrote "Run Around Sue" and "The Wanderer." Good enough. Good enough. So here's to you, Ernie. <laughs> I'm going to go... Can you flip a coin? Do, Man, do we need to? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I like The Wanderer better. How about I would, that? I would have to lean on that, too. All right. In tribute to Ernie Markska, this is The Wanderer. I'm the type of guy who never settled down Where pretty girls are Well, you know that I'm around I kiss them and I love them Cause to me they're all the same I hug them and I squeeze them They don't even know my name Call me the Wanderer Yeah, the Wanderer I roam around, 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 around Woo! Settle down where pretty girls are. Well, 
Well, you know, every now and then, just every now and then, I like to throw you, friends of the show, a curveball there. I bet you expected to hear Dion. Nothing wrong with the Dion. Just uh, a bit outside. Just a bit outside, yes. And I remember, I think it was on a recent, it was on like that 4th of July uh, Patriot episode where I threw in the Spanish version of Yankee Rose. (laughs) Uh, But that was D. Snyder doing The Wanderer. Uh, that was from his 2000 solo record called Never Let the Bastards Wear You Down. Uh, D.U.'s got a new solo album coming out soon, so I figured that was uh, good timing there. I'll put that on my list. Yeah, well, it's definitely on my list. Yes, I know. So, All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. That was for Ernie. I mean, hell of a writer, just right, just for those two songs right there. Once again, yeah. hopefully he's one of those guys that didn't get ripped off You know, back in that era. Because hopefully, writing that song, hopefully the guy never had to work another day in his life again. That would have to, yeah, yeah. They had a, they probably had a better life than the artist. Maybe the artist, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because there was like, was it once again David Lee Roth? It was was still padded a little bit more, you know. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I know I referenced David Lee Roth earlier in the show, but uh, he was talking on his show about how. what his feeling on like you know illegal downloading and stuff like that because yeah. I think he was talking about the jump uh, dance remix that just came out last year and he was like you know I'm kind of conflicted on this illegal downloading because you know why because Ted Templeman still makes more money on 1984 than I do yeah like he was like the producer makes double the royalties of like, yeah. any of us so it's like he's like ah you know yeah. so maybe the songwriter did do okay in that instance but let's move on we got one more man. Heavy. I think this might be the one that affected you the most. If if it wasn't BB King, it would definitely or Rugger would be this guy. You talking once to me? Again. Yeah, we're we're. You ending, talking to me? I'm talking to you. We're ending on bass once again. All about the bass. If if you have to make with this guy, and this is a decent argument slash debate. If you're making a Mount Rushmore of rock bass players, he's on it. You can't, you, you can't leave him off. I, right? I I would not leave him off of that. So right next to Getty Lee, you've got a guy named. Chris, Chris Squire. Squire, yes, yeah, e- easily because not n- not just for his skills mm-hmm. that he so massively played on on a bass guitar, yes, but as a songwriter mm-hmm. and a good performer, a, too. A, yeah, performer. I mean, a, and then the and then the the respect factor of the he played on every record that had the word yes on it. He's he's one of those guys that you can just on the obituary you can put as musician. Yeah. And because he he he, he fully he he was fully every single aspect of what a musician is. Yeah. He was intricate and complex and actually tasteful for a guy who gets a lot of prog cred. Tasteful. He did I mean, he didn't it was, overtake. No. When, but when it when the spotlight was on him, he just rolled in the best possible yeah, way. Yeah, he, he he was really he was a good he was a good team player yeah. on, on, on that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, from from their I mean, of course you can you can look at their early um Early prog years, whenever they were just a niche band, yeah, they were like, then, almost like folk prog when yeah. they first started. Yeah, because they're doing the Simon and Garfunkel cover, and and then and he, he, he's even killing on that. And then he took the heat whenever they changed their style in the eighties, mm-hmm. and I, I like nine hundred one two five. I I actually like Big Generator too. What do you think? Yeah, of that? I, oh, I love Big Generator. Yeah. Shoot, I aim put, low. 
they never put level find away on their best ofs, and I don't understand why. Yeah, they, it, they always well, leave it out. <laughs> I mean, I understand if you want to you, you want to keep the roots, and, I, and I, once again, I still understand why Genesis fans may, may you know Genesis. Yes, those the, those early fans may have turned their backs yeah. on on the said group yeah, for, for for selling completely out. selling out, yeah. quote unquote. But at the same time, I, I I still think that they kept it musically fresh yeah. with them within the way that their their careers were. Yeah. So even Russia's most successful radio songs are still good songs. Yeah, but they still have like the time. Some people don't even realize when they're in a time signature change, right. and that's what's the genius of a lot of these bands. Because are. it for for Russia was different because you, you want to talk about twenty one twelve to um, you know, like like signals, Presto. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of change within the band. Uh, of course, that's that's probably a whole other episode yeah, of sure. of being able to talk about stuff. But you know, the bands of that era that entered into their careers as a prog rock band, such as Yes. Yeah, and I'm very disappointed in myself. I never got to see the man live. And no, uh, and which, you which know, I, I've never seen Yes. I never, I never did either. Yeah, that's but, a shame. Um, my only opportunity would have been right around the 90215. 90125. Yeah, 90125. That's what I said, right? No, you said 90215, because it, it always sounds like 90215. Oh God, I hate that, too. <laughs> or, or Big Generator. So, uh, you know, because that, that was exceptionally the era that you could have been able to hit current and old material because they were still... They still, both, yeah. yeah, they they were still playing both. So, yeah. uh, Chris Squire is is, is going to be uh, completely missed. Not not just within the band, but within the community of musicians yeah. that you know that are out there to inspire other people to to that, be the best you can. Yeah, at, exactly. At your craft. Exactly. And he he personified exactly. that to to uh, really was and overtly personified that. So. Um, my all-time favorite Yes song uh, has a great deal of, of great squiredoms on it, so we're going to play that to close off the show. It's a longin'. This is the epic we promised, but... Taking yeah. up for the synaptic this week. Yes, yeah, we're, we're picking up their slack <laughs> of not having an epic ender. Hey, Randy, <laughs> guess what? I watched the Chew like three weeks ago and then thought maybe we should... Uh, Take up the slack on a on a on a show of the dead. So, Randy Brown, this one's for you. I'm going to keep dedicating these long songs until you pick it back up, brother. So, here it is. This is for Randy Brown, a great <laughs> tribute from Chris Squire, "Heart of the Sunrise."
straight line moving and removing sharpness of the color sunshine. Straight light searching all the meanings of the song. star classic essential must own album fragile 1971 i believe gotta have it gotta have it that was yes with heart of the sunrise or if you get the best of that's fine too but as long know. as heart of the sunrise Fra- is on there fragile and- fragile is it it it, it is a, a very yeah it only has, yes it only essential has, it only has essential. roundabout on it too and yeah, I know. and and this song I know, my god I know. man i know <laughs> <laughs> but I understand, you know, people trying to cut corners and, yeah. you know. Well, if you get a, a best of that has Heart of the Sun, just make sure it's not edited in any yeah. way. Because yeah. you, you run across that. I understand having to edit Starship yeah. Trooper because yeah. it's 25 <laughs> minutes Because it's 20 long. by, yeah. Yeah, but uh, not, not, <laughs> do not ever cut Heart of the Sunrise. Uh, all right. That's going to do it. This has been the latest episode of The Fallen. Logan, I want to thank you so much hey, for coming down. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> follow follow Logan on Twitter at uh, three different uh, handles here. Uh, 
Which one would yeah, you we're like? We're only going to go two. Okay. Uh, let's see. E. Underscore. Uh, is it E underscore reports? Reaper. E, e, e underscore Reaper? I don't remember now. Tell you what, I'll just, uh, I'll link it on the show. Yeah, notes. link it, li- link it on your page. Don't ever ask Joey. Logan for a Twitter Twitter handle. No, because I have one. In. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. It's I. I, I just I. I honestly haven't had to use it much. Okay, that's so. okay. So uh, just just hit me up. Send me a, a PM, and I'll <laughs> I'll send you a link to all of Logan's Twitter accounts, and you can whip his ass on there. Uh, so yeah, that'd thank be you great. For, thank you for coming down, Logan. And hey, I got it. Little uh, at little e, capital R. Reaper, as in Reaper, yes. underscore reports. Okay. So right. it hasn't been a lot active lately. Yeah, Logan, is, Logan need, is the e-Reaper on we need We need a little bit more dead people to happen. We don't need more dead people. Well, I mean... The point is for this not to be an active Twitter account, I understand right? that, but that's not going to happen. I know. Everybody dies. Just like Everybody typo, dies. Just like Typo Negative once said so well. Just like Typo Negative. Rest in peace, Peter Steele. There's a yep. retro falling right there. What's his anniversary? I don't know. We should have like an anniversary show too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Like a dead on this day, still dead. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know. All right, but let's get out of here. Uh, please go to rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com. Links to uh, the the Twitter and the Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, leave a comment under the Facebook postings. Please uh, tell me what you liked and what you didn't like. Any theme suggestions? Have at it. And uh, if you go to the main website, like I just said there, every episode of Rock Strikes 10, not just the ones that are on iTunes, but every damn episode. Lastly, but not leastly, I want to thank Pete and the guys from Spacebeard. Uh, we'll see you on the show soon, guys. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more info and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. On that note, once again, Logan, thanks for coming by giving up your time. Oh, butchered. <laughs> right. Everybody else have fun. Oh, my God.